You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for lending your voice to the worship and allowing me to join you in that. If we haven't met before, uh, I'm Tony Rognes, Campus Life Pastor here at Triumph West, and it's good to be here this morning as we do the next in the series, our Summer in the Psalms. And uh, today we're going to take a look at Psalm 1. This is a psalm that Uh, probably the psalm that I'm most drawn to because when I was in high school, I memorized Psalm 1. Now, I wish I could tell you that I memorized Psalm 1 because I so loved God's word and that I really wanted to hide it in my heart. And I, I wish I could tell you that. The reality is, My choir director, when I was in high school, picked a song and the lyrics of that song were Psalm chapter one. And and so we had to memorize the lyrics of the song. And so that's how I first memorized Psalm chapter one. But what's interesting about it is it's always had an impact on me even though I didn't memorize it because I wanted to know Scripture. Some of you can relate to this. Scripture does its work in us, whether we encounter it through the best of motives or not. And so I've always had this kind of soft spot or had this attraction to Psalm 1. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm chapter one or scroll if you use an app or it's gonna be on the screen. But this morning, let's hear the words of Psalm one. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment or sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Lord, would you open up our eyes and ears to what you have for us here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the image of Psalm chapter one is the image of two paths. It's it's a familiar kind of image from the Psalms. And 
I want to take a look at what Psalm 1 says about those two paths. It starts talking about the path that people are blessed if they take, right? We'll call that path number one, the the blessed path. First of all, it tells us what the blessed path is not. It's not where the wicked step, right? It's not, the blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. It's not where the wicked step. I I wonder how many of you know someone that you would say, yeah, they're wicked. Uh, By the way, most of the people who maybe fit into that category of the wicked wouldn't raise their hand and say, oh yeah, that's me. I'm one of the wicked. But the psalmist says, where those people go, don't go that way. Don't step where they step. Don't walk where they walk. And even though we may not know who that wicked person is, we do have a sense of where they go. And if you're a parent, you've probably paid attention to this for your children. And you've told them, don't go that way. It's not going to turn out well. I know that's where some of the people are going. Don't go there. Don't step where the wicked step. Don't walk where the wicked walk. And then it says, the psalmist tells us, don't walk in step with the wicked and don't stand in the way that sinners take. This one's more problematic for me because I'm a sinner and pretty much everywhere I go is the way that a sinner goes because that's me, right? Shauna did such a great job of illustrating that and talking about that. And it says, don't go, don't stand in the way that, that sinners go. And I'm thinking, but that's me. But I also want to note that it says, don't stand there. Like the image is hanging around. You may find yourself on a path that sinners take. Don't hang around there. That's not a good spot to be. Don't linger there. And don't sit in the company of mockers. Don't, other translations say, don't sit in the seat of the scornful or the mockers, the scoffers. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. I don't know about you, but I get this image of the the little cafe in the hometown where I grew up. It was called the Astoria Village Inn. And there were about six tables in the whole place. And if you went in there at seven o'clock on any weekday morning or, or Saturday, any day but Sunday, 
If you went in there at about seven o'clock, you'd find a whole group of farmers and businessmen drinking coffee and eating breakfast. And if you spend much time in there, you realize that some of them were scoffers. The scoffers had this sort of consistent attitude that if I could illustrate it at all, it would be like this. Like, oh, what a mess everything is. If, if you were talking about, about young people, they'd go, oh, yeah, young people today. <laughs> and if you were talking about the school, they'd go, yeah, what a mess those schools are. And if you were talking about teachers, it was, oh man, teachers today, what in the world? Or if, or you're talking about politicians, it was this side of the aisle or that side or both sides of the aisle. What a mess. What's the problem? And every time something came up, oh, they were very quick to point out everything that was wrong with whatever it was. They were scoffers, rolling their eyes at every opportunity. If you sat and watched at the Astoria Village Inn, and if you knew the community very well, you'd hear the door open. And I used to like to sit and watch where I could see the door because you'd hear the door open and you'd look and typically you could predict who, the person who walked in, you could predict which table they would sit at because the scoffers tended to all sit around the same table where they could all roll their eyes and wag their fingers together. And the person would walk in and sometimes they'd walk in and they'd pull up a chair and they'd sit in the seat of the scoffers. Sometimes they'd come in and walk right past that table and sit down with the people who were talking about other things. Every once in a while... All of the seats at the table where they were talking about other things would be full and there'd be empty seats by the scoffer, by the scoffer's table. All the tables at the Astoria Village Inn were round, which meant there was always room for one more if everybody just scooted six inches further away from their coffee cup that made the circle bigger and there was room for one more. And it wasn't unusual to have somebody walk in, go to the scoffer's table that had an empty chair, pick up the chair and bring it over to the other one and say, is there room? Most of us knew, you know what? If they don't wanna sit with the scoffers, let's just back up a little bit, make room for one more. Because they knew it wasn't healthy for them to sit in the seat of a scoffer. Blessed is the person who doesn't sit in the seat of the scoffer, sit in the company of the mocker. Thankfully, this first path is not only described by what it's not. It's not in step with the wicked. It's not in the way of the sinner. It's not in the seat of the scoffer, but it's described by what it is. 
This person who's on this blessed path, their delight is in the law of the Lord. Their delight is in God's word. And in his word, they meditate day and night. Doesn't the psalmist know people have jobs? You know, how do I meditate on his word day and night? I got stuff to do. When my choir teacher forced us to memorize the lyrics to that song that was Psalm 1, I realized that Psalm 1 impacted the way I thought about things, the way I reacted to things, the way I made sense of things. You know what? It was almost like Psalm 1 had this ability. It was almost like I was meditating on it even when I was doing other stuff. That's the power of God's word. Their delight These people on the blessed path, their delight is in the law of the Lord and they know it to the extent where it shapes the way they think day and night. They're like a tree planted by the streams of water. They yield their fruit in season and they don't wither. What they do prospers. Do you feel like you're bearing fruit? That's an obvious question, but it's a dangerous one. You know why? Because trees bear fruit in season. If you've got an apple tree in your backyard... Talking about it makes my mouth water. There's going to be a day this fall, perhaps, when you're going to be able to go out and pick a ripe apple off that tree and shine it up, because then I can pretend I washed it. I can shine it up, and I can eat that apple. But you probably can't do that this afternoon. Why? Because it's not apple season yet. The person on path number one is going to yield fruit in season. Today, it might not be in season, but trust the Lord and his word to do its work. The person on that path will yield fruit in season. Their leaves don't wither and what they do prospers. Psalmist spends less time telling us about path number two. He says, the wicked are not like that. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. They won't stand in the judgment or in the assembly of the righteous. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. It's one of those agricultural images that, that that come more obvious to some of us than they do to others. I I remember my dad or my brothers walking through the field, wondering if the grain was ripe for harvest. So they'd take the wheat or the barley or the oats and they'd strip all the, the grain off the heads and they'd put it in their hands. Some of you've done this, right? And then you rub your hands together so that all of the husk and all of the chaff 
all of the stuff that's not the seed gets, gets ground off or worn off. And what you have is this pile of stuff in your hand. It's the heavy wheat seed and all of the husk and chaff. And all you have to do to separate them is to blow on it. The wicked are like the chaff that the wind blows away. They don't stay. There's no substance there. That's what path number two has to offer. Chaff that the wind blows away. So, so what do we do with these two paths? Well, duh, you walk one and not the other, right? You walk one and you don't walk the other, obviously. When I was in high school, after I had memorized this, I went to a youth group event and a guy who is now one of my dear friends that was in college, I was in high school, he was in college, this, this guy was what I wanted to be, right? So he's leading our Bible study on Psalm chapter one and he impressed on me that I needed to walk that first path. And I knew if I was intentional, that was the right path to walk. And I did try and, and often walk that path. And as I was walking that path, I noticed the other path, which sometimes was not too far away, right? I could see it. Sometimes I was even walking right next to people who were on the other path, and I could see where the potholes were. And I could see where the dangerous spots were in that other path. And it was, it was easy to look at it and go, hey, watch out. To the point where, to carry this image a little further, to the point where I kind of came back to the crossroads here to tell people, don't go that way. That way's full of potholes. It's full of pitfalls and traps. It's going to be a problem. It's a mess down that path. Don't go that way. What are you nuts? Go this way. Because I didn't want people to head down the wrong path. And when I got tired of standing at the crossroads, I sat down to tell people which way to go and what to stay away from. And you know what I finally realized? This spot where I was sitting had become the seat of a scoffer. It wasn't that I meant ill. I, I meant well. I wanted to keep people off that path, but somehow along the way I had stopped walking on the path I was supposed to be walking on and I was merely sitting at the crossroads directing traffic. 
And it felt okay because when I looked around, I saw this, lots of other people, a whole group of people sitting around directing traffic. A congregation of people at a church full of people sitting at the crossroads directing traffic, meaning well, but not very many of us walking the path. Blessed are those who don't walk in the path of the ungodly or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. While I looked around and saw this and it felt okay, what I didn't realize is to those people who were trying to figure out which path to take, it looked more like this. Because everybody that was supposed to be on path number one was sitting around telling them what to do. Most of us that were supposed to be walking that first path weren't. And by the way, all the people on that other path, the chaff, they were saying, hey, come on, this might be fun, let's go, come and join us. And I was telling them, no, don't do that, what are you, nuts? Let me ask you this, would any person in their right mind when faced with a decision about what path to take, would anybody in their right mind take the path that people recommend if those who recommended it weren't walking it themselves? If this path is so great, why am I sitting back at the crossroads directing traffic? Nobody in their right mind is gonna take my advice about which path to walk if I'm not walking it. And the reality of this is that there's not just one crossroad. These paths come alongside each other. We walk every day along people who aren't on this path and we have multiple opportunities to to invite them. Come on. There's some potholes up ahead. You're in that path. Come over on this side. Come this way. Walk with me. That's oh so much more inviting than to sit at the crossroads, scoffing and trying to direct traffic. Our work Our calling, the calling of those of us who know forgiveness, who know what it is to to follow Jesus, those of us who understand what it means that our sins have been forgiven, our work is to walk the path and then invite people to join us at Jesus' side. We're not called.
called to direct traffic. The psalmist doesn't give that as an option. Blessed are those who take this path, those who take that path are chaff. The rest of you just sit around and talk about stuff. No. God doesn't call us to direct traffic. He calls us to walk with him and to invite others to join us at his side. Let me say that again. God calls us to walk with him and then to invite others to join us at his side. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for the times that we give in to the tendency to sit around and direct traffic. Forgive us for those times when we're scoffers. Lord, remind us often the joy that comes from walking at your side. Remind us often, Lord, the blessing that comes from following you. And Lord, would you multiply our opportunities to invite people to join us. To join us alongside you. Oh Lord, would you work in us that we might be faithful to that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.